The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the Saturday Scouting Show here on Big Blue View. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. We are here, as usual, to break down the latest NFL draft prospect that should be on the New York Giants radar, guys that they should be paying attention to for the 2021 NFL Draft class. We're also going to share our games that we're going to be watching this weekend, but today's prospect is Pitt Safety Paris Ford. A guy that has a lot of very interesting traits, could be in a really good spot in the second round if the Giants chose to draft another safety, if maybe hypothetically they didn't bring back Logan Ryan or if they decided to shuffle some things around. But if you haven't done so already and you missed some of the older shows, we talked about Paulson Adebo, we've also done Greg Rousseau, Micah Parsons, Jamar Chase. Jalen Waddle, go back and listen to those shows to hear about those various prospects. But Chris, today, talking about Paris Ford, I had a lot of fun watching him play. The one game that stood out to me, and it wasn't really a big opponent, but Eastern Michigan, I saw a lot of really good things um, in the way that he played. Six foot 190, and the one thing that pops off to me, Chris, is a guy that has not only a reckless abandonment, but just a willingness to hit and aggressiveness to hit, despite not being very big. Yeah, he he's only listed as you said, six foot one ninety. He plays more like he's about two twenty. Yeah, he is a player. He wastes absolutely no time, no energy, no movement coming downhill. He is absolutely willing to get his hands dirty in the run game as a blitzer, and he is just explosive closing on the ball. Yeah, he is really explosive. I think is a perfect way to describe it. He attacks. He uses his athleticism. He's not a guy that's really hesitant when he makes a decision. When he knows that he wants to go make a play, he does it at 100 miles an hour. And I see a guy that is not at all afraid to throw himself to make a big hit on a player. There were some plays where I saw him hitting tight ends and bigger receivers by completely launching himself into guys trying to make a play on the ball. Now, that's not exactly the right way to play a defender, but I like that he has that willingness to be aggressive and has that mentality of, 
I want to knock the hell out of this guy. I want to knock this guy on his ass. This guy is not making a play, and I want to set a tone. We'd really like to see him, though, be more consistent as a tackler and translate that mentality over to real NFL tackling and not that projectile tackling. Yeah, you know, I, I can sort of understand that in the college game where spacing is really weaponized and you have to cover a lot of ground really quickly. But at the NFL level, everybody is big. Everybody is fast. And there was one play I saw against Virginia where he was all squared up to make a tackle on a tight end. And instead of squaring up, wrapping up, driving through, he launches his shoulder at the tight end. And the tight end just kind of bounced off him and was able to pick up the first down. At the end of the day, he's still 190 pounds safety, which, you know, in normal everyday human terms is not that that's not a small guy. But on a football field, that's kind of small. So you really need to have your tackling form set you know you you need to be able to wrap up and get guys on the ground otherwise they're just going to pick up yards after contact right and I think that's something that you can fix and work on it's not going to be a completely fixed thing overnight but maybe like two years two three years in the league if you really focus on that tackling he can improve on that stuff but as of right now he needs to learn how to break down identify a, a strong point on a defender to tackle how he can use his body and his length to make tackles with his arms and not use his shoulder all the time. I think that it's okay to use your shoulder in some situations, but using it all the time is going to lead to not only a lot of missed tackles, a lot of guys bouncing off and picking up extra yardage. It can also lead to some injuries if he continues to do that and maybe hit somebody a little bit too hard. So that 100% needs to be cleaned up. Last thing, though, for me with talking about you know, his tackling – and maybe his run support, I see a guy that flies upfield. He comes down downhill full speed when he wants to. Um, and when you ask him to blitz, that's another thing. I see that reckless abandonment. I see a guy that flies, isn't afraid to hit, powers through contact, and he will blow people up if he has to to, to, to make a play. Yeah, he really does. And he has enough mobility where he can run around blockers a little bit so you don't have to worry about him trying to stack and shed or anything like that in run support he just wastes absolutely no no time no motion no energy when it comes to coming downhill he just triggers and fires downhill usually good things happen when that when he does that also discussing some of the other traits that we see with him. Athletically, he's a pretty good athlete. He's not going to be the most athletic safety in this group. He's not going to you know, completely pop, but I, I see a good athlete. And I see, in terms of his ability to play in coverage, a guy that has good, strong range. If you ask him to play over the top, I know that he can cover from hash to hash pretty easily in a deep zone up the middle. And, and the other thing, too, because he's a pretty good athlete – he has very good hip fluidity. It's not always the case when you watch, first of all, some of these taller guys. Six foot's not super tall, but it's taller than maybe like a 5'9 safety or a 5'9 corner. He and, and sometimes we tend to see safeties have clunky hip mobility, but he's very fluid. There's really no wasted steps. It doesn't take him any time to open up his hits, hips. He moves very, very well. He does. And you know, I should note, there is a difference between, I think, athleticism and measurables you, know, you can be a really good athlete maybe not test so well in like the 40 or the broad jump or things like that you know the 
there are certain movement coaches who define athleticism as your, your ability to solve problems in real time. And that's a thing that Paris Ford does really well. As you say, he, he has really good hip fluidity. He's got really good range. He moves well across the field. You know, he's not Earl Thomas out there. Uh, nobody's going to, I think, Nobody's going to mistake him with Earl Thomas, uh, Ed Reed, any one of these, you know, really elite center fielding safeties. But he's also a guy I think you can feel comfortable with playing a deep half or deep center field, depending on what coverage you have called. He can play, maybe if not sideline to sideline, certainly hash to hash. And I think he's got really good awareness in those zone coverages where he doesn't get stuck looking in the backfield. He keeps his eye in the backfield, but he doesn't get stuck there. And he's pretty good at recognizing route concepts, picking up receivers as they enter his zone. And I like the way he uses his length when he's playing the ball in coverage. Yeah, that's another thing for me that I really liked about him is he he flows well to the football. He's not a guy that's hesitant. When he sees where the ball's coming, his awareness pops to me that he locates it he goes to the football and he tries to make a play maybe he doesn't go and try and make a play but you at least see that intent to go towards the ball maybe the place wrapping up he's always in the right spot he's never a guy that is on the opposite end of the field because he wasn't paying attention and got drawn in by something this is a guy that has a you know a strong intent to be in the right place to go out there um and, and follow the ball Overall, I mean, he's a pretty interesting prospect. We're going to share our pro projection for him, where he could get drafted, how he might fit with the Giants, and also some of the games that we're going to watch. That is going to be coming up very soon. So, Chris, I, I think that the the fair projection for him is in the second round. Maybe early second, maybe some guys slide that should have been first rounders and he gets pushed back a little bit. But I see him as a a pretty good early second round safety. And just watching him, Pitt used him a lot of different ways. They used him as a free safety. They used him as, uh, you know, they were asking, asking him to come and play in the box. I like that versatility. I wouldn't pigeonhole him in one role. He's a guy that can play multiple spots in your secondary secondary not as a corner as like a nickel corner but you can ask him to play strong safety or free safety I think that he's a movable safety uh, with most defenses yeah I, I think so as well you know I've when we were doing our homework on him I was honestly wondering if he might have been a cornerback who converted to safety at some point either when he was being recruited to pit or maybe sometime after signing with Pitt. I wasn't able to find that out, but he does move like a guy with cornerback experience. And I'm right there with you. I I think he could play free safety, strong safety, box safety. Uh, He could be a guy you could play as a big nickel, maybe line him up in the slot and use him as a blitzer out of the slot. You don't really want him in tight coverage on a slot receiver. He's going to get burned there. He's athletic and moves well, but for a safety, not for a cornerback. And yes, he's on the small side, but I think you probably could line him up as almost a pseudo linebacker just based on how physical he is. Again, you you wouldn't want him trying to take on an offensive lineman, but if you could get him clean runs to the football, those are looks you really want to 
scheme for him. I think he would do well in a defense like the Giants, like Patrick Rams, which uses a lot of nickel, a lot of dime looks, and really relies on the secondary to create a bunch of different looks for the quarterback, disguise pressures. Yeah, and that level of versatility is going to be the big thing for him as a prospect, and I think that makes him a fun option based on what the Giants might end up doing at the safety position. They probably don't need another safety. Um, Logan Ryan might not come back this upcoming year because he's only on a one-year deal. You're going to get Xavier McKinney to come back, who we've already talked about can do a lot of different things. Triple Peppers has proven to do a lot of different things. But what we've noticed is Patrick Graham likes to have fun and be creative with his safeties, with his secondary players. Logan Ryan was a corner that he's basically asking to play safety. So maybe with a guy like Paris Ford, if he wanted to go another defensive back, maybe he was best available and some other guys got taken before um, – you know, that they wanted got taken before they could get to him. Maybe they decided to go Paris Ford and say, you know what, this, this guy's got range. This guy's uh, got some, some assets that we can use with our defensive coordinator. That's creative. Maybe we can create some mismatches in, in, in this and that. I, I do see him maybe as that second round guy that can step in and, and be used by Patrick Graham. So Chris, to get into and to wrap us up, like we typically do. We've got three games that we're watching this week because of SEC play basically getting shut down entirely. Um, We don't have any ranked-on-ranked matchups, but we do have a number of really good games. And the first one I want to start with is Notre Dame-BC. As a Notre Dame fan, I'm definitely going to be watching this game. There are tons of draft prospects in this one. Phil Dracovic, uh, the quarterback for BC. Jeremiah Usukormo, the linebacker, who is fantastic. Uh, a player that I think Notre Dame should be paying attention to on Notre Dame. Liam Eichenberg, their left tackle. And then on BC, their whole offensive line is great. Zion Johnson, uh, Tyler Vrabel, Alec Lindstrom. And then lastly, their tight end, Hunter Long. Yeah, I'm actually a little bit surprised Notre Dame didn't get the number one in the nation rank after beating Clemson last weekend. This, I think, should be a really good game between those two teams. Uh, BC doesn't get a whole lot of national attention, especially in the trenches. They're always solid. Next one, you know, it's actually the last game on the schedule, but I'm pretty excited for Michigan-Wisconsin, 7.30 on ABC. Michigan has some really good edges. I'm not sure if they exactly fit what Patrick Graham wants to do with the extreme versatility on the outside, but Quidipe has a lot of guys a lot of scouts really excited with his athleticism in Hutchinson. Then there's uh, Jane Mayfield, uh, Jack Sanborn linebacker for Wisconsin. He's kind of a more of a downhill guy. Wisconsin has put some pretty darn good linebackers in the NFL lately. And anybody who has a day two or day three, sorry, a round two or round three grade coming out of Wisconsin, probably worth keeping an eye on. And then the last game that's maybe not as exciting, but Arkansas-Florida, 7 o'clock on ESPN, one of the few SEC games getting played. Kyle Pitts, their star quarterback, and then their elite tight end. Or sorry, Kyle Pitts, their elite tight end, and then Kyle Trask, their, um, their very, very good uh, starting quarterback. So both of those players in positions that uh, the Giants might be needing to make some moves on. Well, folks, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon at RaptorMKII, at BigBlueView. Hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to us. And then lastly, go to BigBlueView.com for more Giants news and analysis.